Hey, this is Dewey from Pure Pleasure on Jabberjaw Media. I wanted to tell you guys about the Patreon for the show. It's called the Pleasure Seekers Club, and there's two levels. There's the $5 level and the $10 level. And all this is, guys, is to help support the show, help support the cost of putting the show out, um, you know, time spent uh, building the show, hosting costs, travel costs to do the in-person interviews that you guys like so much. Um, it all costs money. And I always try to find the best deal for sure uh, because I do have a day job as well. But having that support on the Patreon is definitely going to help bring more in-person interviews, more travel, more uh, updated uh, graphics, hosting, websites, all that stuff. So, um, And if you like the show, $5 a month or $10 a month really helps out. I know it's kind of uh, an interesting thing with the Patreon when something's already free. Uh, but it is always going to be free. But if you want to support the show a little bit more, I'd absolutely appreciate it. Uh, you can pay either $5 or $10 a month. We'll try to do some special things for the patrons as well as we go. Um, but it's just a way to support the show in a different way. And uh, like I said, I really appreciate you guys coming back week after week. That's the most important thing I can ask for. So definitely go over and check out the Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Podcast. Once again, that is patreon.com slash Podcast. Sign up today and join the community and help out the show. Keep it growing. And I thank you so much. Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of that one time on tour, part of the Jabberjaw Media Podcast Network. Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with guests about what it's like living out their wildest dream and in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of The Offspring, Thrice, Rancid, Rise Against, and more. Listen and subscribe at JabberjawMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash peerpleasure. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Check it out today. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, Pleasure Seekers, to another week of the Peer Pleasure Podcast. I am your host, Dewey, and we are coming to you live, actually, well, <laughs> we're coming to you recorded live at uh, the basement of my best friend Joe's house in Salem, Oregon, in the middle of an ice and snowstorm. Um, we have been blanketed with snow and ice, driving down to watch the Seahawks game today, and it took me about two and a half hours to go what usually takes about 45 minutes to an hour 
at about 20 miles an hour through the snow, the ice down the I-5 corridor from Portland to Salem. So I just arrived. I wanted to get this episode knocked out because it's a good one. It's a big one, uh, especially for our show uh, here at Pure Pleasure uh, and a big one for me. So my guest today is Mike Herrera from the band MXPX. Uh, He also plays for Goldfinger, another one of the favorite bands of, of my friends and I. Um, and another influential band growing up. Um, MXPX was a big part of our socialization into punk rock, uh, into music in general. So going back a little bit here, uh, back in Alaska where we grew up, uh, Nick, Joe, and I used to practice in uh, his mom's trailer, their mom's trailer up in Wasilla. And we would basically hurt their mom would go to uh, her boyfriend's house for, you know, a couple days at a time and kind of leave the guys up to their own devices. You know, there's always food in the house and stuff like that. Um, but we always had a good time just hanging out. Stay, I'd stay the night over there and we would just practice all night long. And there wasn't really a close neighbor or a neighbor that cared. So we'd literally play, you know, three, four five in the morning, still playing Green Day covers. Um, and we were really into pop punk music. Uh, I think that was an easy socialization into uh, punk rock for us. Um, we got into some harder stuff later, but I think, um, you know, I remember Joe came over to my house the first time um, after we met uh, to hang out. And he brought Dookie from Green Day and he brought the Blue Album from Weezer. And those were two bands I had not heard before. And for me, it was just as profound as hearing Nirvana for the first time. I mean, I can remember that, but I was too young um, to really grasp onto the Nirvana train. And the punk rock uh, ethics and the punk rock uh, ease of playing really, really struck a chord with me. Um, And it was easy for us to do, uh, to cover. It was easy for us to cover those songs, you know, and we'd be at the trailer and we would learn a Green Day song and then we would sit down and each of us would play it, and we'd see who did it better. Anyways, uh, long story short, MXPX was a big part of that because they were in that vein, that pop punk, uh, fast, make you feel good punk rock um, that was really accessible for us to get into. And I talk about it with Mike on this episode a little bit. Um, you know, I remember the first time picking up the MXPX record. Uh, my buddy Jameson and Aaron, uh, we were in his parents van we drive into Anchorage uh to go record shopping and uh well cd shopping as it were and we went to Sam Goody and I picked up slowly going the way of the buffalo and I'd heard of MXPX before I heard the song doing time which is still my favorite MXPX song um to this day and uh we listened to that record all the way back all the way through and that slowly going the way of the buffalo was cool for me because I could listen to every song on it and every song was good. There wasn't like, Oh, I'm going to listen to the first three and then skip to track eight. It was just put it on, feel good and, and love it. So really cool to get to talk to Mike. Uh, Mike and I became friends after I joined Jabberjaw media. Um, he already had his show, the Mike Carrera hour on that network. So, uh, had me come down to a show and, and meet and, and chat. So, um, the other big significant story for MXPX and my life is uh, the first time my now wife, Dion, the first time I asked her out, 
it was to go to the Little Stink in Portland, Oregon, which was MXPX, uh, Phoenix TX, Good Charlotte. It was one of those radio show deals, and we were still pretty young and, and thought that was, you know, the, where we would go to shows, these big concerts, because they were cheap, and you get a bunch of bands. And uh, so that was her first concert ever was seeing MXPX, um, and that was my first time actually seeing MXPX after being a fan for a long time. So anyways... Two big, big life events, um, you know, socialization into punk rock music. And then uh, pretty much the first date with my wife um, was all tied to MXPX. So um, it was nice to sit down with Mike and have a talk as podcasters. Um, he was also one of the first podcasts that I got into, uh, the Mike Herrera Hour. Um, so that was that was kind of my, my ease into podcasting. So... We talk about podcasting, we talk about MXPX, we talk about some practice rituals, uh, we talk about, we get a little deep in there, um, as I naturally do, try to ask some deeper questions about uh, providing a journal by podcasting for your children, and how when you know we're gone, uh, me especially, my kids can go back and listen to these podcasts and hear where I was at, who I was talking to, how I was feeling, and hear my voice. Um, most of the music I've put out that is on album uh, is a lot of screaming, heavy, uh, you know, fuck the world, uh, balls out kind of music. So my voice isn't really captured uh, in a way that that you can just listen to, uh, especially for my kids. I have three kids, and I want them to be able to hear my voice and hear my thoughts uh, when I'm gone. And this is a good way to do that. Um, you know, and, and, and like Mike said on his version of this episode, you may be listening now, you may be listening to this a hundred years from now, who knows? Um, but it's a way for uh, a voice and, and, uh, an idea to start a spark and carry on and, uh, hopefully bring you guys something cool to listen to on your commute, you're flying, you're driving, riding your bike. My wife listens to this while she runs. She's probably running right now, listening to this. Um, so <laughs> I guess I better get into it and let let uh, let thing take its course. So, um, one more thing I wanted to bring up before we get into this episode, uh, Mike mentioned it. This this was a collaboration episode. We did the interview together. Um, Mike releases his on Fridays. I release mine on Sundays. So Mike's version of this episode aired on Friday. Uh, we're on Saturday right now, and uh, so this is going to come out tomorrow on Sunday for me. Um, I recorded it in my car. Uh, I was on a break from work. Um, my audio didn't translate over to Mike's. Uh, when we put them together uh, with my mic and his mic, the interview ended up about two seconds off towards the end. So my voice is going to be the telephone recording from Mike's studio, and Mike's voice is going to be his really nice mic in his studio. So um, that's what matters is the guest sounds good. So you will hear me on the telephone, which you're not used to. So just to preface that for you. Um, the big thing I want to say is Mike mentioned it on his episode. Peer Pleasure Podcast is going to Adobe Radio uh, January 22nd. That's going to be the first airing. So you'll be able to hear us at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Adobe radio you can download the adobe app uh, you can follow them on twitter instagram but my show will be on the radio i am super excited about this this is a huge deal 
uh, a lot more coverage. Um, the episodes are going to be 55 minutes on the radio stream, but I will still release the full unedited version normally on Sunday nights after my show airs on Adobe right here for you guys. So definitely check us out on Adobe, but if you miss it, you can always get the full version later. Uh, and also, if you listen to the Adobe version and you feel that something was missing, it maybe was, and you can definitely come and download it on iTunes and get the full version. So uh, we are on purepleasurepodcast.com. We are on Instagram and Twitter. Our Amazon affiliate link is up and running. If you bookmark that link, you go to Amazon, buy whatever you're going to buy. It doesn't cost you any more money. It just gives the show 4 to 6% of what you purchased. So we really appreciate all the comments. Got some amazing emails this week from people listening to the show. Very, very, very great comments. Um, I love getting those emails that are, you know, heartfelt. Whether good or bad, as long as you're listening, you know, that's what matters to me. We try to do what makes you guys happy and bring on the guests you want to hear. So uh, once again, thank you so much for listening. Uh, this is my interview with Mike Carrera from MXPX and the Mike Carrera Hour. I promise you I'm going to be free. jump right into it then i guess uh welcome to the peer pleasure podcast i'm sitting down actually at work on break <laughs> with uh mike Herrera from mxpx how you doing mike i'm doing good man thanks for having good, me on dude good you're at you're at home in bremerton right i am yeah well i'm not at okay. home I'm, I'm at the studio but bremerton it is yeah bremerton washington northwest nice Okay. Yeah. And uh, so you just wrapped up some shows, end of the year shows. I was at one of them, the one at uh, Star Theater in Portland sold out. And uh, how did those shows go? Oh, man, uh, we have a blast. Uh, we we treat each show as if it's one of our children. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It's kind of <laughs> weird to do that. But uh, over the years, we've because we've not been touring as heavily um, when we do do shows, it's you know, that much more an, an event for us. And hopefully that translates to it being a, a more of an event for the crowd, you know, for the audience. So, but yeah, sure. the shows were great. All of them were sold awesome. out. So, yeah. Excellent. Yeah. I remember, uh, I was talking to my wife about it cause, um, MX, MXPX for a couple reasons has a, a big spot in my heart, but you know, from being a kid, I, I could tell you the first, first time that I picked up an MXPX record was in Anchorage, Alaska at Sam Goody. If you remember those stores, Oh yeah, and same uh, mm-hmm. some friends and I drove into Anchorage, and we're gonna go record shopping. And I already had it in my head I was gonna get. And the first one I got was slowly going the way of the Buffalo, because I got into things a little bit later. And uh, I remember blaring it all the way back from Anchorage in my buddy's green Safari uh, GMC Safari minivan. And uh, then I ended up lending that CD out probably five times after that to <laughs> people that wanted to listen to it. 
that didn't have it because in Alaska, I mean, Sam Goody was kind of where you went, and it was it was uh, luckily available. But um, I wanted to ask about how like you said shows now are more of an event uh, from when you were touring full time. Um, do you enjoy that more, or do you wish it was the way it was where you were touring full time? Uh, you know, that's that is the question. A lot of people want to know that, and I think the truth of it is is we get bored of anything. You know, if you're just doing uh-huh. one type of touring, one type of shows all the time, no matter how great it is, it's going to get it's going to start feeling like work. And I think just the more you do one monotonous thing over and over, you know. Mm-hmm. And so touring became that over the years for us. It became I mean it was always fun. I mean <laughs> like let's not fool ourselves, right? It's fun, but yeah. But at the same time, it's 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 sacrifice because you're not at home with your family or with your relationships or your your friendships back at home, um, like a normal a normal society, you know, dwelling person, you know, wherever you are. Usually, you're not traveling every day to a new city. So, I mean, it, the lifestyle is is completely different <clears throat> nowadays. You know, we do we do these big you know weekend events where we do two nights. We actually have two nights, or in Dallas in February coming up. Um, uh-huh. that's the 17th and 18th of, of, uh, February. And so we're doing two nights at trees in Dallas with slick shoes and that's an event, you know, and, and, um, mm-hmm. we're doing this, we're doing California this month in January. I know we're recording this a little early, but, uh, January is going to be good for us too. Cause we're going to be in San Diego, uh, on the 13th. So Friday the 13th, isn't it? Uh-huh. I love playing Friday the 13th. I don't know. It's cool. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> But uh, and then the fourteenth in Ventura. So I mean, we're just kind of doing. We just pick pick regions. Um, usually, it's two nights in the same city. We ended off uh, our December shows in Philadelphia. Those were that uh-huh. was two nights in Philadelphia. So it was like, you know, we like to do that. But at the same time, we don't only do two nights in one city because that would get old too, right? You know. Sure. So we're just kind of we're tr- we're trying to to make everything important. Everything we do and yeah. spend time on is important. And that, I mean, that definitely shows, I think, a lot. I mean, I've, I've, I've seen you guys way back in the day, and then that little stink in, in Portland was the first time, I think, after we moved down from Alaska. And from then to now, I mean, I was telling my wife before we went to the show the other night just how good you guys are at running a crowd and how professional it is. And, uh, you know, it just and it doesn't seem rehearsed at all. It's just a natural progression i think it's just a natural talent you guys have for leading the crowd you know going from song to song dealing with mistakes or dealing with gear problems um it's just flawless and it's really good to see and it and i think that translates more to the fans that have been with you for a long time because they're expecting uh more of a uh, a performance than they were back when they were you know 21 years old wanting to go to a show um, they've seen more and, and been through more. I think it's really, really a good thing that, that, uh, it runs like that. Does, does it feel that way for you guys? I mean, on stage that, uh, I mean, do you guys go with the same set list, uh, for the whole weekend or do you rehearse, you know, uh, a good amount of songs and then just pick that night? Uh, we usually have, you know, our go-to songs that we, we mix up, um, but for the most part, we try to change up the set list a little bit each time. And if it's a okay. two-night stand, then it's drastically different. So, um, 
you know, if we like something a, a lot about, say, the Portland set list, right? So I'll take that uh, that basic set list, and the average is probably like 20 to 23 songs for a set list uh -huh. for us, for a full set. And <clears throat> I'll take that, and then I'll go, okay, well, I want to also do this, this, and this. So I'll usually switch out a few songs that if there was anything that was shaky or that didn't go well or people didn't like, and, and it's silly saying that, you know, we've been a band for, you know, going on 25 years, right? So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that still <laughs> enters into my mind, like, okay, they didn't like this one or this one, people aren't feeling it. And and songs come in and out of fashion too. It's kind of weird. But, um, mm -hmm. but you know, we, we do our, our mainstays, which would be, I mean, I'm, I don't need to like roll them off, but My Life Story is definitely one of those uh, Chick Magnet. Actually, Chick Magnet for a while, we didn't even play. And so like we're uh -huh. we're back to playing that just because people want to hear it. Um, Move to Bremerton is one that I thought was a mainstay, but at the same time, sometimes I take it out. Like if mm -hmm. we're on the East Coast, people don't really care about Bremerton, right? So <laughs> Sure, or know where it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, so yeah, I just do that and and... And then when it's the two nights, I drastically change. We probably change like half the set. So we'd keep uh -huh. a couple of the blocks. So we call, I, I, I'm sure bands have different lingo for, for what they call things. But, you know, our, our list of songs is, is not a song list. It's a set list because you're playing a set. And then yep. I call like if there's a group of songs like one, two, three or one, two, three, four, that's a block. So there's uh -huh. song blocks. Um, and then there's transitions, there's breaks. Um, if there's breaks, that's like a tuning break or talking break, even though, of course, during the course of a show, all of this can change completely. Like we can add yeah. a song, skip a song. You just kind of, something breaks, you know, you're just like, okay, let's do this song because we can do this without that instrument. Or that's the cool thing is we don't have a programmed set as far as like yeah they're written down but every now and then like every now and then like one of us will start playing the wrong song because they skipped it on the set list uh -huh. like they didn't see it and then you just kind of have to go oh we're doing that one now and everybody like follows along but we don't have anything programmed <laughs> as far as electronically or anything like that there was something funny we used to do in practice back in the day that we haven't done it in the years probably like 15 uh -huh. plus years but we would all choose a different song. <laughs> and this was just for fun. This wasn't like a practice thing. Like, I guess it kind of is a practice thing because the idea, so we would all pick a different song and then Yuri would count us off and we would all start playing that song simultaneously. So everybody's playing something different. So it's all, it sounds terrible. It clashes completely. But the idea uh -huh. is you're, you're being distracted like almost in the worst way possible because these instruments are really loud, like the drums are playing a different song. So the idea uh -huh. is to, to just hold in there and focus on your parts and play through your song the whole way through. Interesting. Okay, I, I get it. I thought you were gonna come around with, uh, there was a song that you were supposed to be playing and you'd all start differently and try to come together to, to mask going into the wrong song, but that makes a lot of sense, trying to keep your focus we used to do the same kind of thing, but we would do it. We would split up practice to where uh, I would come in and practice with our drummer or our bass player and drummer would practice alone together to lock in and, and focus that way. Yeah, but like, that's an interesting take. Yeah. And you'd go through the whole song. 
Yeah, yeah. So you'd all end at different times, pretty much. Totally, totally. <laughs> and and this wasn't something we'd do. Like a, I mean, we did it a few times. You know, it's just something that I remembered just now, and it's kind of silly. But um, sectionals, like you're talking about, that makes a lot of sense. And and it's something that punk bands don't really do unless they are kind of forced mm-hmm. to with your, you know your workflow or your schedules. But it's not a bad idea because a lot of times bands will get into the studio and they don't realize that they've been playing something that just doesn't sound great, you know, or, or uh-huh. maybe it's a backup vocal that they were doing. And, and once you hear it back, plain as day, there's no lie. You know, the tape is the tape, the digital yep. tape. And so I think sectionals sort of help that, help fix that problem where you actually hear what you're doing. You you know, okay, the, the kick drum's doing this, this, and this, and so I should probably be on with that. Yeah. Okay. And that's, I mean, that's, <laughs> that's super interesting. I mean, that's, it's hilarious to think about. Just imagine uh, what's going on there. But, but from a band perspective, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. And, and it's, it's kind of just, just training, training your ear, training your, just like learning to sing and play guitar at the same time or play bass at the same time. You have to train your body to do two different things at once. And uh, that seems kind of similar to that. Yeah, for sure. But, it, um, you know, played bass and singing was, was something that, that is still hard depending on the song you know sometimes uh-huh. you know there's this off beat bass line and then the singing is just kind of straightforward i have trouble with that you know and and i'll to be honest like i'll rewrite things um or i'll play them differently live if it's a real issue um uh-huh. and, and and it's silly to say because mxpx is a fairly simple simple punk band but Still, I mean, it's easy to just like do one rhythm a little differently, and then that just changes your whole delivery. Yeah. Okay. And and I want to to touch on too. I, I do this with people people such as yourself. So you've been in a somewhat unique situation where you've been playing music your whole adult life, and and some of your you know formative years, but you've been basically Mike from MXPX your whole your whole adult existence and that band you know start i mean i was in bands in high school you know uh, i was going to bring this up because you guys are playing shows with slick shoes and dogwood and we played shows with them back in alaska when i was 16 years old and i listened to that record from that band i was in and it, it, i cringe sometimes and but that record you know and that that uh mindset hasn't followed me through um, because I've changed band to band to band. How do you deal with uh, those kind of situations where, um, you know, you've had music you wrote back in high school that people still want to hear, but do you necessarily enjoy playing it or get the same excitement from that? Uh, or are there times you're on stage like, oh, I hate this part, and but you just go through it? Well, there's a couple things, you know, a couple different directions here. One is, you know, the legacy of MXPX being starting so young. A lot uh-huh. of my, a lot of my, not musically even, you know, of course, I'm embarrassed of, of the sound of our first record and how bad it was performed and stuff like that. But that was before Autotune. That was before we realized you could redo your track. Like, that was basically everything was live on our first album because we didn't realize we could repunch it and fix it. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> We're silly. You know, it's just like, but so so aside from all of that, the the ideas, the beliefs, 
the the way I was brought up had a lot to do with uh-huh. um, my lyrics. And yeah. now, 25 years later, <laughs> I'm a little different as a person. Uh-huh. You know, yes. and, and I believe different things and I think differently. And, and yeah, I'm basically the same same flesh and blood but all this all the molecules all the cells have been regenerated and that's the main thing i think that's tough for me at times but i've gone through it in my head enough and i've talked it out enough with various people that yeah i'm okay with it but i am such a drastically different person than that first album than that second album than you know yeah even even the third album, as I was sort of like starting to understand the world a little bit, I mean, n- nowhere near the, what I thought I understood, right? But uh-huh. starting to travel, starting to meet other people from other places, and and really an eye opener, you know. When once you once you go to college, so to speak, whatever that may be for you, whether it's abroad or or an actual college, but you know. As we change, as we develop, you're right because the fact I didn't, I didn't do other bands. I did other side bands and stuff, but I always yeah. was in, in MXPX, and yeah. I think it's harder for other people now that I've sort of worked through it myself and, and accepted that you know I was a kid. I thought this and this, and the truth of the matter is, I'm an adult now. I don't know. I don't know that I am positive about anything as much as I thought I was back then. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm much more open to open to information and, and kind of just life, you know, at what life brings because it's always so unexpected. Sure. You know, we can plan, 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 and then boom, something else derails your plan. That's just life, right? So mm-hmm. I, I guess I'm good with it, but I think it's harder for the listeners that really are deep, you know, the deep listeners into what MXPX was doing back when we started till now. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's plenty, plenty, you know, most of our fans now have followed us from, from then to now or picked us up somewhere along the way. And, and most people realize, hey, people change, you know, people grow up. I'm just happy that the music is somewhat resembles what MXPX has done. You know, it's been a very gradual change, you know, album to album. Um, yeah. You know, if you don't take, but if you took our latest song and our first song, it's not that much different than, say, our middle song to our to our first song or our middle song to our latest song, you know. So uh-huh. in that respect, the sound itself hasn't really changed a ton. You know, it, mm-hmm. it stayed inside our, our little punk rock universe. For the most part yeah yeah i definitely i definitely understand that and and uh you know that's always the feeling i got from especially from a younger age um i think you're probably about i think you're about five years older than i am but but you know like was slowly going the way of the buffalo i've listened to it because it made me feel good like every song just had a good feel to it and it was one of those few records i had and ironically you play in goldfinger too goldfinger was the other band that my buddies and I were all into listening to because it made us feel good. And we listened to the whole record. We didn't just go song, you know, uh, this, these three songs are good. We just put it on cause it was just a good soundtrack to whatever we were doing at that point in time. And we yeah. took, uh, you know, took things from it and, and, uh, you know, changed styles and, and everything else from what we were doing at the time. And, and, uh, so you're doing, you're doing shows with both dogwood and slick shoes. 
who I don't know about Dogwood. Uh, I'm not sure about Slick Shoes, if they still are following their same belief system they had that carried them through. Uh, have you talked to those guys about it? I mean, it's kind of like going back to <laughs> who you guys were playing with before, like a, almost like a nostalgia thing. But Yeah, I mean, um, because this, you know, 2017 is our 25-year anniversary year. And so yes. we decided, you know, we, we've already been doing it. You know, in 2016, we had Slick Shoes come and play with us um, in Hollywood. We've had uh-huh. Five Iron Frenzy on a bunch of shows. Five Iron Frenzy is, yep. they're just sort of like a, a sister-brother band. I don't know. But they were another band that we just played with really early on. And then, of course, mm-hmm. didn't play with forever. So it's it's like linking back up with people we used to tour with and play shows with. And that's why we decided to have Slick Shoes and why we decided okay. to have Dogwood. As far as their beliefs, uh-huh. you know what? I don't know. I can't. I can't tell. You. I have not asked them. Um, we haven't talked about it, but we usually talk about music and punk rock, and we talk about those yeah. tours for sure. You know, uh, it's funny because people remember their past and remember their experiences differently, and so yeah. I, a lot of times I won't even remember anything about something you know that happened, like some tour. And uh-huh. then, you know, Joe from Slick Shoes comes and brings it up and you're like, oh, yeah, that's right. You know, but <laughs> memory is a strange thing, you know, like the way we romanticize everything, <laughs> you know, even the bad yeah. experiences, even even the things that I went through, like some of the worst touring experiences I probably went through was with Tumble Down, my other band, because we were uh-huh. it was 2007. We started out. Our first show was in Portland. And that was a crazy tour. I, even that first tour, we, we were doomed. I should have known this. But MXPX was kind of just on hiatus. And I want to say that Dewey just is on hold here. That's weird. Hello? I think Dewey... Oh, I'm just going to keep telling the story. Um, Dewey? Are yeah. you there, Mike? Yeah. Oh, you're there. I lost you, buddy. Sorry about that. It, that's okay. It just paused. Uh, I noticed, okay. I noticed, and I kind of stopped, stopped for a second. Um, I'll okay. continue my story. So I should have been doing, yes. you know, it was 2007. MX Peaks was on kind of a hiatus. We weren't broken up or anything. We just weren't doing much. And so I went out on the road with this brand new band, Tumble Down, that I started. And we're playing in bars. And uh, But I should have known from the start we were doomed because that, you know, that first tour we got in this blizzard. And we were on the side of the road putting on snow chains. And it got stuck in our axle. Water you know trucks were driving by and splashing us as we're like down underneath our van just cold icy snow water you know and and we were up all day all night finally made it to the show the next you know right before we're supposed to go on stage like these uh-huh. kinds of experiences seem to follow one i mean mxpx has been through more than those i can count but here we are right back at the beginning, tumble down, and it's happening again. And I'm just like, oh, my God. All right, this is the price you pay to do something cool, you know, to do what you yeah. love, to travel, to to live life on your own terms. It's it's like this cosmic pay up, you know, like everything bad that's going to happen <laughs> is going to happen to you. And not everything because there's so much worse that can happen, you know. And so so it's, it's funny, you know, I, I always learned that it could always be worse and and as much as I probably do complain, um, I'm always I'm always trying to be really grateful for for what we what we've been through, what we've accomplished, and the uh-huh. fact that the pain is over for now. 
<laughs> until we hit the road again. Yeah. And are you guys, so you guys doing uh, a lot of fly-ins and stuff. And then, I mean, are you guys, do you guys get in the old van and come down here when you come to Portland? I didn't see what you guys <laughs> yeah. were rolling with, but. Yeah. Um, when, when it's Portland, we, we just get in the van, go down. We don't even own okay. a van anymore. Um, we usually rent a van or we borrow a van or we, you know, something like that. If we're on the, on mm-hmm. tour, sorry, if we're on tour, whatever, if we're, if we're, out of town, you know, not yeah. just Portland, not just three hours or something. We fly and then we rent. Or so if we know somebody in town and they have a big enough vehicle, then we pay them, you know, so something like that. Okay. Always looking for like a new network of reliable people. It's tough because yeah. people don't really want to work. They want to hang out. They don't want to work. But the thing sure. is, is when I, all I do is work. So if you want to hang out with me, you're going to be bored because I'm just going to be working. So if you want to yeah. work, come hang out with me. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I'm not talking about like swinging hammers, but I'm just like, let's get something done. You know, we sit around. Yeah. I have like interns here at the studio. I have a studio up in Bremerton and bands come in and solo artists come in. We just do a, kind of a lot of everything, a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's funny because I, I have interns that come in and, and I feel bad because they're standing around just watching me do this and that and that. And I have to like give them, it's almost more work to give them work. Uh-huh. Have you ever noticed that when you like want, you have a big project and you know, you need help. And I'm sure this yep. happens to everybody in their lives, but it's almost more trouble to, to teach somebody. Yeah. Yeah. It that's, absolutely is. And that's, yeah, that's why I'm doing the uh, apprenticeship for, for plumbing. I mean, it's, it's something that, that, you know, you make a percentage of a journeyman scale as an apprentice, but you're charged to the job as a journeyman. So that extra money makes up for the amount you slow down the journeyman that's training you and mistakes you make. So it kind of works out that way with an intern or an unpaid intern. I think it would just slow you down, but eventually you're going to build that person into something special. Yeah. Well, t- evidence of that is is uh, our main engineer, Brad. Bradley uh-huh. Miranda, he was my intern, you know, and he was the first intern. There was a couple interns I had before him that just didn't really work. And I had a yeah. few, you know, a few hired engineers that were fine, but they moved on. And so he yeah. really made himself worth something, you know. He did a lot of work uh-huh. and he went to school and it was for credit. So it wasn't, you know, it was unpaid, but it was for his class. And yeah. I actually taught him something, you know, and that he used in school. So he found value in, in a lot of that. And now he's an employee full-time, full-time employee. That's awesome. Studio. And, um, yeah, it, if I could do that again with somebody else, you know, I would love to. So it's just a matter of those people being motivated, you know, and, and not mm-hmm. even the studio. It's like whatever you do in life. I mean, we, we all need helpers. If you're like an author, authors need, a lot of times they need research assistance or, or marketing assistance or, you know, there's just like so many nuts and bolts to everything. And we should talk about podcasting. Um, yeah. Because absolutely. Both, we both had podcasts. So, I mean, a lot of people are starting podcasts and still, you know, fr- a lot of friends of mine um, have podcasts now and I can't even keep up with a lot of them. But, <laughs> you know, I think once you start your podcast, you need you need a few episodes to sort of like find your footing and then there's a time where unless you're just that good usually you'll tweak your format a little bit you're like okay let me try this now or or a lot of times for me it's just experimenting but what brought you into starting a podcast because yours is fairly new i think compared to mine 
Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, it took it took a couple hits to to get to that point. I I had been out of music for a while. Uh, I stopped touring back in 2007, um, and just just got a regular job, started a family, and so I had that creative itch still, and and I wasn't really finding it. I didn't want to tour. I didn't want to do anything that really brought me away from my family, and uh, I started you know commuting to work. And started getting into, uh, I would listen to like NPR and stuff, talk radio instead of music. I got kind of sick of music for a while. And uh, so I started listening to that. And that kind of branched out into podcasts where I was like, hey, I can go to the podcast app, Google this artist I want to listen or know more about. And all these things popped up. And that was kind of what got me into it. And ironically, uh, I think yours was the second, maybe the third podcast I came across um, I had come across uh, the Bad Christian podcast because it was my buddies, um, and my buddy Logan was on it. He's like, hey, check it out. Matt and them start a podcast. And started listening to that and then found Shane's show, uh, Lead Singer Syndrome, and then yours. Um, I think the first episode of yours I heard was Chris Rowe from the Ataris. Um, and started listening. I was like, man, I could totally do something like this, you know, because I, I still – I'm friends with a lot of people in the music business uh, that I would love to catch up with. And so it took about, I don't know, four four or five months of planning and trying to figure out how I was going to do it, figure out, because I'd you know, always been on the other side of the board um, from in the studio. So I didn't know anything about, you know, audio or anything like that. And uh, so I just started doing some practice episodes uh, with friends or, or uh, family and just like, hey, I'm going to call you and talk to you for an hour, you know, and, and, uh, that's kind of how I got into it. And, <laughs> who who and, did uh, you do this the, the first time? Who, who was it? The first episode? Well, the first practice one where you were just like, I'm going to oh, call the... you for an hour. <laughs> and they're like, what are <laughs> the you first... doing? <laughs> <laughs> the first practice episode was with my buddy Jake and I called him up and, and we talked for about 35, 40 minutes. And, uh, I told him, I, I I'm going to call you up. And I'm just going to interview you. We're going to talk about, you know, whatever. And uh, so just we start talking about school and start talking about, you know, what music they're listening to, um, things like that. And then we kind of get on to something and then dig deeper into that. Um, the hardest part was kind of coming up with what kind of format do I want to do? Do I want to just do musicians? Do I want to do, you know, uh, just interesting people? Because I don't have the same kind of, uh, you know, I I had a, a, a fun ride in music, did some cool stuff, but I don't have the established kind of fan base like you and Shane do or Matt, uh, where, Hey, you know, if I put something out on my Facebook, it's going to go to, you know, 50,000 people versus, you know, a thousand. So I knew it was going to be harder from the start trying to get a name and, uh, get some people listening to the show. Um, so I was like, you know, well, I'm just going to start off and start hitting up buddies of mine and, Hey, do you want to, you want to come on the show? And it's, I started getting a lot of responses of yes. And so that kind of inspired me because I was like, well, I don't have a podcast yet, but I'm going to start it now. <laughs> so I kind of sent out, <laughs> I mean, yeah. and I just went for the gold. Like I just started sending emails out to people I knew first and then people I didn't just like, Hey, I'm starting a podcast. And I figured the second they read, I'm starting a podcast. They're like, yeah, I'm not going to do it. But people started saying yes, and it was it was like, okay, now I have to. And uh, so, I mean, I did those little practice runs with just getting my audio right. But from the first episode on, I've been releasing everything. So um, 
I kind of felt just if I don't do it now, I'm never going to do it. And so I just started putting it out there and, and figure, hey, maybe there's a couple wobbly episodes. But uh, for the most part, I felt pretty good and the response has been really good and, and uh, I've just enjoyed it quite a bit. And that creative sparks definitely being fed um, because I have total control. I mean, it's not me in a band. It's just me and whoever I'm talking to. So that part was cool too. And, and a little terrifying um, because of that, because it is just me. It's not like, Hey, those guys suck. It's like, Hey, you suck. <laughs> you know? <laughs> we all suck under a microscope <laughs> so yeah i mean but, that's, uh, that's the thing is you have to spend time doing it and you'll just get better at it it's just that's the way it is the more yeah the more you really pay attention but do you listen back to your own episodes i do i live well not all the way through i basically do like a spot check uh what i do is when i record the episode before I shut my computer down, I bounce it to MP3 and then I put it onto SoundCloud as a private file. And then that way it's stored in case something happens. And then usually on the way home from the studio or uh, while I'm at work the next day, I'll put it on in my headphones and just make sure everything sounds good. Um, and, and I'll kind of spot check it and make sure the intro outros hit at the right spot and that the music's level with everything else. And and, uh, but I, there's very few of them that I've listened to all the way through in one shot. Right. Um, right. That's good. But, That's uh, like a level of security you got there with the SoundCloud because I don't even do that. Mm -hmm. I just, I mean, sometimes I'll just finish the, the interview, save, close my computer and move on to whatever else I got to finish that day. And then like come uh -huh. back days later, edit. Um, and there's not a ton of editing. Usually every now and then I'll have like too much interview and too much too much of like a, a sponsor spot to do. And I'm like, how am I uh -huh. going to do this crap? Okay. But do you, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Adventures in podcasting, but how do, yeah. you, do you edit a bit or you just kind of edit the ends in the, the beginning and end for the, I just intros? do the beginning and the end pretty much. I, I really like, uh, that other one podcast I got into, which is a huge is Joe Rogan. And, yeah. uh, he's kind of the master and listening to his, like he did one with Lance Armstrong and Lance is like, Hey, I got to take a piss, man. Do we pause this thing? He's like, Nope. He gets up to take a piss and they just talk about him. Yeah. <laughs> and then he comes back and he's like, all right, are we ready to roll? <laughs> and, uh, I love that because it was yeah. just honest. And, uh, you know, no one wants to hear the, Hey man, how you doing? You know, uh, all right, let's start now. You know, that's, that's just unprofessional, but the actual conversation, how it happens, I think is really important because, uh, it, it, it just doesn't flow right. I don't think if you edit it down, um, unless you're doing something for radio, you know, yeah. I, like yours goes to radio. Uh, hopefully mine will too. But when that comes to that point, I'll look at editing more, but I really just do the ends. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's fine. And the reason why Joe Rogan does that too is, is because they have a, a live YouTube feed. And so it's like, live on youtube oh, they point. can't pause the audio it would be all like out of sync so they just leave everything running always uh, okay which makes sense you know but but i like it though i mean i agree with you i i like that it's not cut because it's like why bother yeah. it's like this show is there that show is all about being real it's all about just say what you think and let's talk about it <laughs> you know yeah yeah and the guests, and I like his format because the guests are different. It's not just comedians. There's a lot of them. Mm -hmm. But then he's talking to uh, someone. I do some booking for uh, Break It Down with Matt Carter, and uh, I booked 
two of his guests, uh, Joe Rogan's guests from Matt, and one was Dan Carlin from Hardcore History, and the other one was Tovar Cerulli, who's a author of a book called The Mindful uh, Carnivore. And those were two amazingly interesting episodes with Joe Rogan. Yeah. Um, you got Dan and, Carlin? Lucky. Yeah, I did. He's great. <laughs> yeah, Matt freaked out. But he uh, that was a good episode. I, if you haven't heard it yet, it was pretty good. But, uh, uh, yeah, it was it was basically just kind of reach out. How you doing? This is this is who I'm I'm booking for. This is, you know, the kind of numbers they're doing and would love to talk to you. And it was just kind of like, you know, two or three emails back and forth with his assistant and and he decided to come on. I think they had a good time. Um, I'll definitely check out that episode. So yeah, it's a good one. And, and, uh, but that's what I love is, is the same with Matt. He'll go from a musician and same with yours. That, that one you had, there's two really good episodes that I really liked was, uh, Ryan holiday, uh, with the, the, uh, stoicism. Yep. The author, that was the first I ever got into that. And I I wanted to talk about that with you briefly too. But, uh, the other one was with that chef. Yeah, um, that you have, he should have his own show John. if he doesn't already. He really his is. Voice he's, his was voice was perfect, <laughs> and he can talk so well, and he's captivating. And yeah, was, <laughs> if you guys have, because you guys are both that way. But thank you, thank you. Yeah, I, I I gotta agree with you, John Nesby, the chef. He's a friend of mine. We used to ride the bus together, and he he used to be the little guy, and now he's like towers over me. His voice is deep, <laughs> so deep, and he makes some of the best food, man. He's so good. And he took us out. He took us out to, uh, out into the woods, um, took my family out and we went mushroom hunting and we got, Uh I mean, I, I got a bunch of mushrooms. We had mushrooms. Uh, that was last year. Anyway, go. Yeah. I I urge people, I'm going to definitely check out that John or sorry, that Dan Carlin, uh, episode, but, uh, check out that John Nesby episode. People. He's a great, yeah. great talker. I agree. He needs his own show. Maybe I can be his producer or something. <laughs> See, that would be awesome. And that's the thing. Like, everyone has a story, you know? And that's what's so cool about podcasting is literally, I mean, like, I know you've done stuff where you just, you know, turn the recorder on in the car. Uh, like, it was either the last episode or the episode before that with Tom and Yuri and just chat about stuff. Like, hey, you want, you know, someone's calling back an order for the drive through or whatever. And you're just, it, but it's, that's life you know it's a little slice of life and for me the biggest motivation aside from creativity is i have three kids and my dad had a radio show on friday nights back in alaska in this island we grew up on you know maybe 10 people listen to it but i have cassette after cassette of my dad's voice talking and that is something i'll always have and that's something my kids will have is they can listen to where dad was at who dad was talking to that and because with music i've got some records out but nothing that really captures me uh you know as a person and at my point in my life when that record came out i mean a lot of it's my guitar playing or some screaming or something but nothing my kids could just sit there and man listen to dad's voice you know you're probably in the same boat because you have two kids right i do you kind of blew my mind i i didn't really thought of it that way thought of my kids listening to my voice it's a it's a audio journal is what it is and it's it's just so cool to me that you can have fun doing this thing which also can affect so many other people dude you just went deep uh, bro deep (laughs) like i said i want to talk about that ryan holiday episode with that zen and the stoicism i mean it goes even deeper than that i was uh, i and i thought about this i listened to that episode i was 
working out at Nike, driving home. Uh, we were building a fitness center, and I was listening to my career hour, and that episode came on, and I listened to it. It blew my mind. And then a few weeks after that, um, I got in touch with the Thrice guys to have them come on my podcast. And uh, we've been buddies for a long time. And their new record uh, is called To Be Everywhere is To Be Nowhere. And when I was going through prepping for the interview, I thought about that phrase and how it completely describes touring and how if, if you're having the worst day ever on tour, it's fine because tomorrow I'm going to be somewhere else. And if you're having the best day on tour, it sucks because tomorrow I'm going to be somewhere else. Yeah. And how you can never really be <laughs> present. And so I asked Dustin, I was like, dude, is that how this came about? And he's like, no, it's actually from Seneca the Younger. It's a quote and uh, from a Stoic. And I was like, man, if I ever talk to Mike on my podcast, I'm going to bring this episode up because uh, you talking about finding your Zen and, and being in the moment was really inspiring there to me. So uh, I wanted you to expand on that a little bit and talk about how that's been affecting you lately. Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of it is is as technology makes our lives easier, it also makes our lives crazier and and we get super busy. And I was just feeling just over stressed, overly everything was overly complex and I knew that I needed to simplify. And sim simplify, man, that's like it sounds easy, but it's really hard to do because you're like, what do I take away? You know, you have to sacrifice, you have to choose. And, you know, you can do a lot of things, but you can't do a lot of things at once. And so I guess, you know, when I, I was, you know, reading Ryan Holiday's books, you know, he's got a couple different books. Uh, the Obstacle is the Way. And it's it's one of those things yep. where you're like, okay, where, where what do I do? Where do I go in life? What do I work on? And usually it's like what you fear doing the most that's what mm -hmm. you should be doing you know it's like it's like it's not good news people it's <laughs> there is no easy button and, and i think stoicism is is the philosophy that you know you need to simplify your life and, and take things one day at a time be present um you know marcus aurelius um from the ancient rome you know, he has a book called Meditations, and he was just writing. We, t you know, Ryan Holiday talks about it all throughout this this episode we're talking about. So um, I, I may forget a little bit, but um, meditations. You know, it, it's a, his writings to himself, and and I think you know he wasn't even expecting it to be a book. It wasn't like I'm writing a book. Da, 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 da. So it's like a journal, but you know the amount. There are, there are people that have mastered, you know, this, but I feel like going back to technology, going back to how crazy our lives have gotten, it was hard for me to gain perspective on everything. And so like stoicism helped me separate each task, a lot like meditation can or anything that clears your mind. If you're doing something that takes concentration just on that one thing. That means nothing, there's no other thoughts happening. That's really important and really hard to, to gain access to, I think, in most people's lives because we're so busy. Yeah. When you get home from work, the kids want to play, play, play. You can't meditate when the kids want to play. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I've, I've found meditation in other things like at the gym. You know, I go to the gym uh -huh. uh, quite a lot. 
but I, I do it at night. I do it like later in the day so that it, all my work stuff is done. And that's silly to say, cause us musicians work a lot at night as well, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> but doing other things like that could be the same as like meditation. So I guess I'm just trying to like, I don't, I don't subscribe to like one thing when it comes to like stoicism or meditation or Zen or <laughs> whatever mm -hmm. it is. But, uh, I listen and I read and I, I kind of take, take advice from, from these, you know, like Ryan holiday, you know, he's younger than me, uh -huh. yet he's been studying this and it clicked with me right away. Um, but just helping other people do good work helps you do good work. I mean, that's a simple stoic philosophy, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that's kind of what we've been trying to do with MXPX is just do, do good work. And that's what Jabberjaw is trying to do is, is yep. have other quality programs, um, on their network. So that was a little left field in case people don't know what Jabberjaw is. Dewey's show <laughs> and my show is both on the Jabberjaw network. But uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, stoicism, man. I mean, I'm definitely no expert and I, I mess it up daily. But the yeah. one thing, you know, I've, I've really, really tried to put my effort into is controlling my temper, controlling how I react to things and realizing mm -hmm. that not everything is a big deal. And even when something really big and bad happens, well, you can't always control that. So what it, what you can control is what you should spend time on. Yeah. That goes back to a lot of basic, I mean, and of course, stoicism is a very basic philosophy, mm -hmm. which makes a lot of sense. I started watching lectures on it and stuff after the episode, just, you know, having them on in my headphones and uh, it really interesting stuff. But I mean, do you find, and, and you've mentioned that a couple of times in different things that I've heard about controlling your temper and stuff like that. You always seem like such a down to earth, you know, even keel guy, but do you have that side still that, <laughs> that, uh, I mean, like what would set you off? What would set you off on tour? Like, is it little stuff like silly things like, Oh, Tom, you know, did this or, or Yuri's doing our tour manager does this, or is it, is it take a lot more to get you worked up? Um, uh, I mean, that's a good question, Dewey. Uh, I have a temper, but uh -huh. I, I feel like it's only reserved for certain people. I usually okay. would not in public or anything. I wouldn't do any, you know, say anything or blow up, but yeah. it's more, <laughs> it's more like when I, if somebody's parked in my spot, that pisses me off. But, uh -huh. but one, by the time I go around the block, I'm fine. Right. Yeah. So, so it's, that's the kind of anger I get, like where it's just like irrational and it's just inconvenient. And that's why, why I'm mad because I'm inconvenienced uh -huh. or interrupted when people call you. It, you know, <laughs> no, I don't get pissed off when people call me, but every now and then I would, to be honest, like if the wrong yeah. person texts you, you're like, dude, why is this person texting me right now? Like, <laughs> they don't know that it's not a good time, but it just makes you mad. Like that kind of stuff, it, it's irrational, and I realize that. And so I feel, I feel like that's probably my biggest thing is just like stuff not going in my direction. And I often wonder if it's because, am I? Is it because I'm a lead singer? It's because I've been on tour and I have a tour manager, and you know, uh -huh. you know, I don't know. And so I've really, I feel like, in some ways, I'm a total kid, and in other ways. I'm very much uh, mature and can handle it. So, yeah, it's just back and forth. 
<laughs> well, that's, I mean, it's all, you're in the career where, you know, you don't necessarily have to grow up. And that's, it, that's one thing with me leaving music was I felt like when I went on tour, I was on pause. Like I was having a good time, but I'd come home and we'd go to a party or something and friends like, oh, I just had a baby or I just graduated college. And it's like, I just went and played the same songs a hundred times, you know, where you feel on hold developmentally. That's how I felt anyway. But, um, you that's, know, it's like a freeze sad, frame. But yeah, that's sad. Yeah. <laughs> it's a sad realization. But uh, you don't you don't really have to grow up. So, I mean, if you didn't want to, but, you know, you're yeah. a family man. Now you have kids. You have to grow up sometime. But, um, you know, I think. I think it's cool that, I mean, you do have a, you're, I mean, you're a real person, you have a temper, you, you know, things make you upset, but you never portray that as far as I've seen in the public eye, you know, it's always like, Oh, Mike, great dude. You know, he's always smiling and, and things like that. It's nice to know. And that, you know, I mean, things that's... do make you upset. Things do, yeah. you know, get to you. You're dealing with it in a way that's positive. That's nice to hear. Thank you. Um, oh. <laughs> but I, you know, from my perspective, it's like, I realize that people see you for a short amount of time. And so yep. you got to be aware of that. So self-awareness and, and outside awareness. I mean, what do you being aware of your surroundings, I guess, and the people around you that's important. Yeah. And I'm, and it's really easy to get distracted and just be on your phone and ignore everybody and be like, I'm on the phone, dude. Like people want to interrupt you when you're on the phone. They think, yeah, they think like you can just put, be, just tell them hold on and like often i'll be like on the phone with somebody and i'll have to like be like hey can you hold on a second and then they're like and then i talk to the person standing in front of me can i get a picture yeah. or whatever this or that like i don't mind doing that stuff but it's just weird because you wouldn't normally do that just like a normal person you'd be like oh they're on the phone i probably shouldn't interrupt them but <laughs> yeah but that's my from mxp because i'm definitely gonna interrupt them uh, yeah so like that stuff doesn't piss me off but it is weird it's like i don't know why people would do that but um, but I do realize they see you for a short amount of time. So if, if you yep. can put somebody on hold on the phone, go ahead and do it. <laughs> yeah. It's just annoying for people in my life that are, that are sort of like with me. Um, sure. Sure. But trying to eat or something at a restaurant and holy shit, yeah. it's Mike from FTX. And to some, to some, uh, essence, you're a character because they don't know you they feel like they do and they, but they recognize you and that's, that's kind of the thrill, I guess, but they don't, that's what's weird. They don't know you. So they, they think, Oh, I could totally go up and just ask him I've, this sir. I've literally talked too much to like th this girl, like came up to me during warp tour. I was watching a band play. So I was just out in the audience watching yeah. and she came up and was like, Hey, blah, 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 Mike, blah, you know, can I get a picture? Did, yeah. Uh, took a picture she was standing there i kept talking and like literally she like was trying to figure out how to get away like she's like okay <laughs> bye i'm like okay yeah yeah see you later because i was just standing there watching the show i wasn't like trying to get away either um yeah so i mean it goes both ways where like i talk too much or <laughs> stuff like that but it's uh, no complaints there i honestly I, I love meeting people and i more so than than ever you know, stoicism will teach you this: treat people um, with respect. Treat treat people the same. I mean, unless they give you a reason not to. Uh, the, yeah. The old man, you know, on this, the bum in the street, you know, I try to, within reason, you know, 
treat people with respect and and uh, talk to people, get to know their stories if you have time and mm -hmm. if you're just hanging out. I want to know what's going on. So, um, but at the same time, there are times when you're tired. So, like if you're just you're tired and you've been working all week, you might not yeah. feel very talkative. And so, yeah, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about all these instances where things can go terribly wrong just based on one little having a bad day. I'm tired. Mm -hmm. I don't really know what to say. So, hey, I mean, I'm no Justin Bieber. Like, I can walk, I can walk around Seattle, no problem. People aren't going to bother me. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it's 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 an interesting idea though that that people uh people know who you are walking around yeah <laughs> yeah i was talking about this with my wife the other day and we were looking at you know, I mean, talking about uh barack obama came up i think and how out of a couple people in the entire world you're the one person that literally every human being on the face of the planet knows who you are and how crazy that would be Nuts. you know you're like beyond celebrity beyond you know getting recognized at dinner. I mean, you go somewhere, it shuts down. Like I could not imagine being in that, I mean, th that, that, uh, realm and, and just how cool, <laughs> cool it was. I mean, you know, uh, you know, Mark Marin had Barack Obama on his podcast. That kind of blew podcasting out of the water. Like, mm -hmm. wow, this is real. Wow. Yeah. And, when uh, you get, when you get a uh, recognized for your band, it's called being recognized recognized that's yeah. a good one i've not heard that one is that new <laughs> oh no we've we've it's been in the mxpx camp for a while <laughs> okay i don't know i don't know where it came from but yeah i was just i just got recognized at the mall you know you go to the mall on your day off or something yeah they're always like where are yeah. you playing not here bro <laughs> so you wish bro <laughs> oh man well i mean i and I didn't want to get too deep into things either, but that's just how my mind works sometimes. And, and, uh, you know, bringing up this, the way I, the way I view things or, or, you know, with the, the, the stoicism bit, but, um, I want to talk about just, I mean, cause we're running out of, out of time here, I think, but, um, you guys are working on a new record, right? For um, MXPX? not necessarily. No. Or just kind of, are you just kind of going through, uh, I'm just always uh, recording songs and stuff. Just so, always writing. Yeah. Okay. There, there will be some new gonna... material though. There will be. Okay. And that's uh, that's something that are you guys? If you do do a new record, are you guys going to try to self-release that, or do you guys are you guys pinned down to something? Uh, we don't. We haven't decided. Everything's okay. just to choose your own adventure at this point, which is great. Yeah. But you know, Absolutely. it's the life. The life of a musician is the life of uncertainty. You know, you never know. What's gonna? What's around the corner? It could be, could be a golden guitar, or it could be yeah. a flat tire. <laughs> so. There you go, <laughs> man. Well, Mike, it's been great chatting with you, man. I I really enjoyed it, and and uh, I'm glad we got to talk about some things that have been on my mind at least for a while. And and uh, you're always fun to talk to. So, dude, thanks really for having me. You taking the time, man. Absolutely. But uh, well, right on. We'll have a good day, Mike. Yeah, thanks for doing it with me, too. <laughs> yeah, buddy. All right, Dewey. All right, guys, that was my interview with Mike Herrera from MXPX and yours truly, Dewey Halpas, from the Peer Pleasure Podcast, a collaborative swap cast, if you will. That's a shout-out to my buddy Jason Abel, 
uh, coining that phrase. He likes to give me feedback every week. Uh, he listens to this on his morning commute Monday mornings, uh, as well as my buddy Matt Lister, who's probably listening as well. Shout out to those guys uh, for some great feedback. Uh, and the Swapcast. We're going to try to do this more with some more Jabberjaw people. Um, host hosting other people's shows. Host hosting uh, together. That's what we're going to try to do. Try to make it more collaborative, uh, collective at Jabberjaw. Um, bring on a lot more things. So uh, once again, thank you for listening this week. We have a big show next week. And then the week after that, we go to Adobe Radio. Uh, and you can stream us on Adobe Radio at uh, Sunday nights at 5 Eastern, 2 uh, p.m. Pacific. Uh, we are on peerpleasurepodcast.com. Check us out there. Uh, tell all your friends about it. Bring them on. And we'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time. Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of that one time on tour, part of the Jabberjaw Media Podcast Network. Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with guests about what it's like living out their wildest dream and in some cases their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of The Offspring, Thrice, Rancid, Rise Against, and more. Listen and subscribe at JabberjawMedia.com.